Hey, what's going on, guys? So, it's uh, This Week in Sports Podcast, week of March 10th through the 17th. Well, 11th through the 17th. Um, a lot of crazy stuff in sports over the last, what, I think uh, almost two weeks since I've been on here. Um, so, we're just going to run through those. Uh, got uh, four or five uh topics I want to get to um then yeah so that's basically it for this podcast um so yeah here we go so starting out as we always do with uh Michigan State Spartans um we'll start out how um with uh basketball um so last week last Tuesday we played at home versus Nebraska um one um I think we won by about 14, I believe it was, somewhere around there. Um, so at the game, it was pretty good. It was good to see all the uh, alumni is on there. Um, always great to see them come out and support. Um, and that was a huge win for us. That was a huge win for us without Kyle Arns. Um, you know, obviously without Nick Ward, Josh Langford. But, um, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a huge, huge win for us because that could have uh, been a letdown after um, – you know, March 2nd versus uh, Indiana, you know, the one-point loss we had over there. Um, it could have been a letdown, you know. Uh, some guys could have possibly been looking forward to uh, the Michigan game, you know, senior night. But, you know, I think uh, the leaders on that team, Cassius, uh, Cueto, um, Kenny, you know, I think all those guys really just got everyone ready and focused on that game because Nebraska obviously doesn't have a great record, but they're still a great team. They got uh, – you know, from my opinion, what I saw when I was there, they got two or three good, you know, players that can play, you know, one or two really good. I believe it was the, the point guard or the uh, shooting guard, but he could really score. He put up, I think he put up 20-something on us, so could be wrong there, so don't quote me on that. But, yeah, no, so that was a huge underrated win, I think, especially going into last Saturday versus Michigan. Um, so then, yeah, so... I guess transitioning into that, um, at home versus Michigan last Saturday, that was, um, that was the craziest I've ever seen the Bruz get. Like that was absolutely, it was ridiculous in there, you know, from, uh, that they obviously opened the doors hour and a half early. I got in there probably about an hour, 20 hour, 10, 15, somewhere in there. And it was crazy. It was, you know, it was nothing like I ever seen. I usually try to get in there that early, um, but man, not, nothing, nothing compared to that game for me. Just the energy of the crowd, the zone, even. Hey, I was all the way up at the top. I was up in the top, kind of behind the Michigan State bench, and it was up there. It was, it was ridiculous up there. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, to my right, I had to sit next to. Uh, a Michigan fan, um, you know, so that was kind of annoying, but, um, you know, uh, you know, obviously, um, uh, you would know by now came out with the win, uh, you know, on senior day, took home a share of the big 10 championship. Um, uh, so that was huge. Um, you know, and it was just, it was really satisfying, you know, being down by, um, 
you know, I think at one point we were down 13, 14, somewhere in that, somewhere in the 12 to 14 range, we were down, you know, in the first half and kind of looked at, I think it was, we were down 13. And I, I was saying to myself, I said, um, I said, you know, if we can get this thing to six, that's all we have to do. If we get this thing to six going into halftime, you know, I think we can really make a run at this and, you know, make this a good second half. But because, I mean, six, that's, you know, two threes from any of our guys. And that's, you know, two defensive stops on the other side of the ball. So, you know, and um, now don't get me wrong. I'll give credit where credit's due that um, Braz Dacus uh, for Michigan, he was balling out. He was hitting every three that he was taking, you know, he was um, he was killing us. Um, especially from three, he was, you know, getting into the lane, hitting tough shots. They were, it wasn't like we were absolutely horrible defensively. We, um, you know, he was just getting into the lane and making plays and that's, you know, that's deservedly so why, which I'll get to here in a minute, why, um, you know, he, um, he did win freshman of the year. I'm pretty sure. Let me, let me look that up real quick. I'm pretty sure, um. Pretty sure he did, cause I guess I'll kind of just transition into the the rest of the game. Um, yeah, so I'll um, transition into the rest of the game, but I'm pretty sure he won freshman of the year. Um, if not, I know for sure he was on the all freshman team. Um, so, um, but anyway, into the rest of the game, and that's why. And when we went into halftime, sorry, I kind of got a little lost there. Um, and yeah, okay, so I got it. So yeah, so let's see, blah, 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 freshman of the year, yep. Okay, so, um, yeah, so he did win freshman of the year, so I just wanted to back up my statement, but, uh, so anyway, second half of the game, uh, well, we go into halftime and we went on a 6-0 run, um, so we were down 12, uh, got it to six and we did, and I said, hey, you know, anything can happen, you know, six-point game, that's two point or two possession game realistically and uh so you know we came out the second half I think god the run we went on I think it was a 31 to 13 run to um win the game that was uh really impressive you know um really got the crowd was really in it like all game like there wasn't really a point where anyone really got out of it like um there were certain points where, like, Michigan would go on a little run that, you know, people would be like, oh, come on, like, uh, play defense here. Or, like, shouting out different plays, but everyone, like, I've I've seen certain points, you know, not as much at State, you know. We kind of, our fans, we really are usually always into it. But I have definitely seen points where we've been struggling at home and, you know, it's... um. You know, I've been at different games too, like different different sports, different different places, you know, NBA, NFL, MLB, where, um, you know, I guess you can really only compare this with uh, basketball, really, because no, like, flows, like, n- no other game in the world flows like basketball does, and so, but even when, you know, when a team makes a play, like, it won't be as loud, but um, if the other team's going on a run and we make, like, just a decent play, like, you know, um, let's say just like a pick and roll to the basket for a layup, just, just like the simplest play you can make. And you know, the cheers will be like, Whoa, yeah. 
like good, but it was when they were on like certain runs, they were hitting threes, they were getting to the baskets and we would come and, you know, Cassius would get to the basket, dump it off to Tillman for just like a little, you know, bunny dunk, little, uh, you know, nothing crazy dunking over anyone, just like a little, just like a little thing. It was, the crowd was still crazy. Like it was, that's, that, that's just a testament to everyone that was in that place on Saturday, keeping it rocking all game. But anyway, so the second half went on a big 31-13 run and, um, you know, to get the win at home senior day and, uh, uh, get a share of the big 10 title. Um, honestly for, uh, selfish reasons, you know, aside from the game part, cause the game was obviously my favorite part about being there and that whole experience. Um, you know, I obviously experienced it with football this year, but we came out on the losing end for football. So it wasn't quite the same. Um, but we, um, experiencing like the crowd and like it's just different when it's Michigan it's I hear people say it all the time and like I know it's different from like a fan's perspective just watching all the Michigan State Michigan games from home and being there for football it was it was different but at that point in the season we were you know the crowd was still don't get me wrong football crowd it was still ridiculous in there it was still crazy but you know weather kind of broke that game up a little bit and then so, you know, I started kind of thinking, hey, maybe Penn State from 2017, you know, I was at that game too. We were in there for probably about, probably over six hours. The game lasted about five and a half and, you know, we always get there early. So um, I was thinking maybe it could go there, but, you know, uh, it didn't end up turning out in our favor, but it was still crazy in there. But actually getting to experience it versus Michigan, it's just it's just so different. Like if you're, if you're from this area or you like Michigan state or even from the vice versa side, if you like Michigan, like you gotta go. Cause I, I imagine it's the same type of thing. Like at Michigan, any rival really, you know, uh, you go down, I'm sure Florida, Florida state and you know, the big, big games like that Duke UNC, obviously. And I'm sure like all those games just go experience that one even if even if you're not like a like you like sports but you're not like a diehard and a crazy person like me and some other people just go see it once I'm telling you just it's just a complete like experience like ah I can't talk enough about how great Saturday was and then getting to see Matt and Kenny go out uh kissing the Spartan head on senior night and you know I think they came out with like 43 seconds left and for us to be up first Michigan at home on the final day of the regular season for senior night and for a share of the Big Ten title that that was just it was unbelievable um but uh anyway what I was before I went through that whole rant what selfishly was one of my favorite moments from Saturday was um uh, when, uh, we were up and we were, we were up for like good. We could tell that, you know, they weren't, uh, coming back kind of every punch that they threw, we, you know, came back with it and, uh, we were able to respond and, you know, respond well and never let it kind of like snowball where, um, I forget what game it was. Um, but we, we ended up winning the game, but, might have been Wisconsin. Yeah, it was Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure when we were at Wisconsin, um, and we were up, and uh, you know, underneath, 
underneath the basket situations and you know we were up there pressing and uh you know we kind of got a little careless with the ball they forced like two or three turnovers and made it a little closer game than it should have been but we still won the game but but so it was probably about a minute and a half minute and a half left or so and the little sister chant broke out and that was it was so satisfying to me just being a part of this rivalry for as long as I have you know being um you know such a diehard Michigan State fan and you know I've seen it on TV before when the little sister chant comes out and oh like I've seen videos of it before but to actually be a part of it that was it was an unbelievable feeling and you know just like the little cool stuff that you don't really get to see on TV the when you know they stick the other team student section all the way up at the top by the opposing team's bench and you know seeing their student section come out and everyone in the arena turn and wave them uh, while they're walking out you know they walked out with probably like two or three minutes left that was just so cool um but you know it was great to see another banner uh hung up to the rafters uh I got to witness it last year at senior night and again this year, so a really cool experience. Um, now we're moving into the Big Ten tournament this weekend. Um, state play is Friday at twelve thirty. Um, uh, we either play the we play the winner of Ohio State Indiana, so um, I feel like they'll be ready for either team. I know everyone's a lot of people are like don't really care about the conference tournament or anything, just saying worry about the NCAA tournament. But, you know, my personal opinion, I know, Izzo kind of already came out in his weekly press conference this week and said the same thing. If you're playing a game, you go to win. I don't care if it's, you know, if it's an exhibition game versus Ferris State or if it's uh, the Champions Classic versus Kansas. You go out and you play with the same intensity and you play – to win the game you know some of those games you know due to the um due to the trying to think of the right word for this due to the parallels of the two teams as far as talent goes on the two teams um obviously some might need more attention than other um but anyone but the main point of the story is anyone can be anyone on any day and you need to go out and try to win every single game that's just the bottom line of it to me, and I'm pretty sure that's how everyone in that locker room feels. So, um, 12.30 on Friday, winner of Ohio State, Indiana. Um, no really preference, I think. You know, we beat Ohio State twice. We lost to Indiana twice. So, um, it'll definitely be – either one will be a challenge. You know, people might say, oh, you beat Ohio State twice, so you probably want to see Ohio State. They're still – they're still a good team. We beat them twice. You know, we had a big performance from Ward the first time when we went down to um, Ohio State. And then the home game, we had the home crowd around us. And, you know, we were able to, pretty sure we were able to get the Big Wesson in uh, foul trouble. So that, that also played a big part in it. But, you know, everyone stepped up. Everyone stepped up all year. You know, Cassius, that's why he's the Big Ten player of the year. And in my opinion, that's why he's a national player of the year. Uh, you know, great players elevate their team when they're down um and we've been down pretty much all season without josh you know we lost matt mcquade for a while we've lost kyle arns we've lost nick ward nick ward's practicing and he's going to be back 
hopefully for this game, don't know to what extent, but um, he'll he's been practicing and he's gonna be back. It looks like so. You know, I if I had to bet, I imagine you he'll probably get somewhere from coming back at least for the Big Ten tournament. You know, depending how far we go, if we make it all the way to the championship, this could change. But I think starting out Friday. I believe he'll probably get somewhere around 10 to 16, 18 minutes. I think he'll play somewhere in there Friday. Just as a precautionary, you know, getting your win back, everything. And, you know, if we end up winning Friday, I think his minutes will gradually increase over the tournament, uh, the Big Ten tournament. And I think it could possibly even go into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, it depends how far we go. If we only play one game in the Big Ten tournament, which I obviously hope doesn't happen, then I think he'll stay in that 10 to 18 range. And then, you know, if we end up losing the first game uh, and we go into the tournament, I think it'll be ratcheted up a little bit because, you know, have a little, you'll have a little time um, in between. So more time for him to get his win back, more scrimmages in, practice, you know, everything. But nothing compares to the game. So I think... Best case scenario is for the program, for Nick, for everyone involved is, you know, us hopefully going out and winning a championship, but us playing three games in three days this weekend and him working back up to being able to play 20 plus, you know, 24 plus minutes a game and getting back up to what he was playing before. I think that will be huge. Um, if he go If he goes into the NCAA tournament... Only playing one game, um, you know, could be a struggle. But, you know, uh, I have faith and hope that we can um, make a deep run in the Big Ten tournament and hopefully get him a lot of run. And, you know, he's been working on his conditioning. I'd, like, ever since he's gone out, I'm sure he's been working on his conditioning. He's been working on everything, trying to get back on the floor because he wanted to play Saturday, but he knew that it was in – everyone's his best interest most importantly and the team's best interest that he sit it out and get ready for the big 10 tournament and the ncaa tournament at the end of it so i know that there's a lot of speculation about as far as seeding goes um you know we got the number one seed for the big 10 tournament obviously um in, in my opinion it it will be absolutely ridiculous if we win the Big Ten tournament, and we don't get a number one seed. That would be absolutely ridiculous. Because more than likely to win the championship, we more than likely will either have to beat Michigan or Purdue. And don't get me wrong, if we do make it to the championship, any team on the other side of the bracket can get there to the championship. And anyone can beat us, too, so we might not even make it. Uh, so... Don't get it wrong there, but it's if we if we go there and we do beat Michigan or Purdue and we don't get a one seed and we win, that would just be ridiculous in my in my opinion. And they still give a one seed to someone like Duke or someone. Um, now, if Duke goes on and wins their conference tournament, then they could have an argument, but. If they if Duke loses in the tournament, 
then it's kind of the same thing um, there. So that's just my opinion, but hey. Um, so now some of the awards were, um, you know, passed out. Uh, so Cassius, obviously, without any doubt, was uh, Big Ten Player of the Year. Don't think there was a doubt in anyone's mind. Uh, Xavier Tillman won Sixth Man of the Year, which that was really good to see. He really stepped it up towards the end of the season, which I helped which I think helped put him over the top. He's been fantastic all year, but I think that last little stretch when um, Nick Ward was out, I think that really helped, uh, you know, propel him over the top uh, to get that award. Um, And, you know, Matt Painter won uh, Big Ten Coach of the Year. Um, It was kind of disappointing. I thought all the injuries we had... um, and how Tom, like, really turned this group around um, after losing three games. But it wasn't just Tom, it was the players. So, um, you know, it, it's well-deserving for Matt Painter, don't get me wrong. Um, but, hey, and Cassius, All-American, uh, uh, Cueto uh, to the Big Ten All-Defensive team, uh, and then he got honorable mention, Nick Ward to the third team, and Kenny Owens also got honorable mention, so... That's kind of the breakdown for the awards for you there. Um, Okay. Uh, Now let's move on to Michigan State football. As spring practice starts this week, we are exactly a month away from today uh, for the um, Michigan State Green vs. White spring game. Uh, April 13th, 2 p.m. in Spartan Stadium. Uh, Should be a fun time. Um, So we're a month away today. Spring practices started yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what we got from, you know, a couple of interviews that went on yesterday is Lewerke, Brian Lewerke says that he's full go. His shoulder's a hundred percent. He said he didn't throw for about a month after the season, kind of just let it rest. And then he gradually started throwing. That's what I got from the interview. Um, and so he says he's full go. So that could be uh, big. I think spring practice is going to be big for him to get his confidence, to get his mojo back, his, you know, different, you know, feeling, different throwing pockets and everything. Um, so, and then like D'Antonio said, he's looking forward to taking a big step in spring. He thinks this team can take a big step in spring, and I, I, I believe him. I believe it as well. I believe, uh, you know, we got, you know, Lewerke coming back as starting quarterback. Um, I think he's going to be more motivated than ever after how last year ended for himself personally and for the team he's going to want to get out there and do everything he can to turn the narrative around on him Uh, a lot of people were rough on him uh, which I think was not fair personally Um, so I think he's going to be very determined to turn that around and it really starts in spring Uh, you know some different key storylines I think to look at is um you know, um, obviously everyone's going to look at the quarterback battle, but from my opinion, D'Antonio has definitely not given up on Lewerke. I think he will definitely be the starter trotting out there August 31st on Friday night, uh, Friday night lights in Spartan Stadium. Uh, that's what I wholeheartedly believe. And, you know, until until D'Antonio says different, I don't think that will change, and I don't believe that it should change personally. Um you know, he has a proven track record. Uh, Lombardi will have his time. Don't get me wrong. Lombardi's great kid. I like him. I think he has a bright future here. 
Um, but you know, I think it's the it's still the worky. It's still the worky's team. It's still his offense. So, um, you know, we get we get one more year left uh, with Lewerke, and you know, he's a senior this year. So, I definitely believe, unless something happens, that which you never know with the NCAA nowadays, especially NCAA football. I think Rocky will be trotting out there next August, uh, late next August of 2020, and he'll be our starting quarterback, and he'll have a solid two years. I believe. I believe that's how it, how it is. I believe that's what we've pretty much um, established here as, you know, the latest common occurrence um, from our quarterbacks, you know, not into, like, some of these schools changing quarterbacks every year, um, you know. Uh, some schools I know do it differently because you have to be in the uh, in college. You have to be in college for three years before you can go to the draft. Different from the NBA, uh, that's a whole different discussion though. Um, as far as the NBA part goes, and NFL kind of too, but NFL and football I think is a little different than um, as far as basketball goes. Um, but I won't get into that discussion right now. Maybe another podcast. Um, but, like, some of these schools, they'll sit behind a starter who's going to be a senior or who knows is going to leave after his third year. Sit behind him, and then uh, that guy has a great year. He'll graduate. And then, you know, sex, the, next, the next thing, then the quarterback that was number two in the depth chart uh, moves up to one, three moves up to two, or incoming freshman moves to two, however you want to put it. And then he has a great one- or two-year run, and then he's off to the NFL, and, you know, um, we that's how we kind of do um, here. Over the last couple of years, I, it's kind of usually like uh, two and four, if that makes sense. Um, uh, two for four years. You usually, you know, start for two years as far. Obviously, guys like Cotter Cook, a little bit differently. He started at the end of his sophomore, or, well, no, it was his sophomore year. Um, got the ball um, early in the season, and they went with him, but then they took the ball away from him versus Notre Dame, and then the next week turned right back around and said, hey, you're our guy. So it's a little different. Um, pretty sure uh, Kirk started all four years. I could be could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure, which I need to check on that, but um, I could be wrong there. But, um, but other things to watch, you know, running back, obviously. Um, see what's going to happen there after LJ Scott going to the draft. Um so it'll be interesting to see who emerges as um, uh, the top guy there. Um, so, yep, so, nope, he, he was to start. Kirk, kind of the same thing. Kirk was a starter for three years. Uh, he played five games his freshman year, but, you know, got better, obviously, as, you know, things went along and uh, he went along in his career. Um, so... Um, I had to just check up on that real quick. Um, so yeah, running back, look at our depth on the defensive line, defensive ends with, uh, Kenny missing the spring. Um, pretty sure I saw Sowards on the, uh, Sowards and someone else. Uh, Sowards got a sixth year, but the, I think a university spokesperson came out and said that it was not confirmed that he got a sixth year. So, uh, we'll see what happens there with that. Um, and then, um, so I think it'll be interesting to have him back kind of as like a fourth, fifth kind of receiver, you know, 
he got a little bit of an opportunity last year because we had so many injuries, and I think even at the end of the year he got injured. So I think it'll be a uh, could be a big bounce back spring for a lot of guys. Um, safety too, who's going to emerge there? Obviously, David Dowell's out there, um, and who else is going to emerge as the uh, the captain now that Kari's gone? Obviously, Lewerke and uh, Joe are coming back. Um, are back as captains. I'm not. Sure, I'm obviously not sure if they'll be captains this year. That won't be decided till later after fall camp. Obviously, closer to the season starting and. Um, but it was just see how they take this team. Um, okay, so the NBA, you know, some stuff going on, not a whole lot really that I want to dive into. I'll just kind of dive into um, Golden State, uh, Golden State versus Houston, Houston tonight, uh, 9.30 in Houston. Um, so, you know, they're, Houston's 3-0 against us this year. That's the tale of the story. Um I think uh, Houston fans might put a little more into that than they really should, but they can do what they want. Um, see how it pans out in the playoffs. That's what I always say. Um, but, you know, I honestly think Golden State turns it around tonight. Um, I think they turn it around. I think they win 123-97 put down. I think, I think that's what they uh, do tonight. I think they kind of silence the critics and – you know they've been they've been struggling lately, so I think that they kind of turn this thing around and really get going into the latter part of the season here with about a month left. Um, and now I'm gonna go just rapid fire kind of with this NFL, so um, I can get it out um, since I like to spend most of the show on Michigan State, um, and then uh, I think that's what I'm gonna kind of do uh, from now on is uh it's kind of the format spend about you know 25 26 minutes on state and then you know kind of try to keep it at 30 minutes and then um you know the last four or five minutes of the show talk about nba nfl anything else that's going on that i think we need to talk about or other schools that are going on in college um okay so real quick rapid fire nfl holy crap um with everything with NFL free agency and trades going on, you know, I'm just going to point out the f- a few obvious that obviously everyone's talking about and the few, the three teams that I follow, um, point those out and yeah, good. So Antonio Brown was kind of the first big domino to fall. He went to Oakland, um, you know, making that AFC West a little tough. Um, personally for me, um, unless they make some other moves, which is undetermined yet, um, uh, I I still see them at three. I still three see them at three over Denver. Um, I obviously see them being better than Denver. Denver's been struggling, um, you know, the past year or two, uh, really. So I don't see them. I obviously don't see them getting over Kansas City. I think Kansas City is cream of the crop in the AFC, AFC West specifically, and the AFC in general. Um, so, um, I think, and the Chargers, you know, they obviously had a really good run last year. So, I think, uh, I don't see them getting past them either. Um, then we'll look at, um, Odell Beckham to Cleveland. That one shocked me. I didn't, there was really no, like, I, I had some kind of, like, 
speculation, but I, it wasn't something that I was like thinking about every day that like they might be wanting to move on from Odell Beckham and you know stuff like that. Just kind of like little reports that came out. Um, I know that they had kind of talked about it before, but um, so yeah, he went to Cleveland. That's crazy. Cleveland's looking really good. The AFC North. Um, I think as much as I hate to say it, because I don't like. Cleveland in general, like Cleveland or Ohio in general, but um, I, I think they could be two or one. It depends on what Pittsburgh does. Uh, if Pittsburgh's not careful and, you know, they both end up with, let's say, a 9-7 and seven record um, or 10-6 and six record, uh, I kind of don't see 10-6 and six for Cleveland. Uh, depending on what Pittsburgh does, they could maybe get there. Um, but if they lose to Pittsburgh, or if they beat Pittsburgh uh, twice, or have the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh, um, and they're both at you know nine and seven or something, it could get really interesting. They could get the number one seed. I definitely think that they're a threat for a wild card division championship this year, uh, just because you know the development of Baker Mayfield uh, getting there. You know, good running back out there. Um, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Um, you know what they got? Miles Garrett on defense. You know. I know they made a couple of other signings, too. Got a couple other players on defense. So, uh, see what happens out there. Like I said, two or one, depending on what Pittsburgh does. Uh, and fellow uh, Michigan State um, uh, player, Le'Veon Bell, uh, going to the New York Jets. Um, he's in the AFC East now. Um, uh, probably... In my opinion, with the Jets, uh, I could see them being two. I could see them being two or three, depending what Buffalo does. Um, but, you know, honestly, they'll probably be two, I think. They'll probably be over uh, Buffalo and Miami. Uh, they're not better than the Patriots just by signing Le'Veon Bell as much as I Love Le'Veon and root for Le'Veon. They're not better than the Patriots, and as much as I hate the Patriots, hate to say it, but it's just a fact of the matter. So, probably two. Um, I think that what's that that moves them up to their division. Don't know playoffs right away, but you know they really like Sam Darnold. You know he had a good rookie year, so hey, they like what they're doing over there. So um, they could be a force to be reckoned with in that division in the next couple of years, especially if. You know, Brady retires after a few of them. You know, they got a young team coming up, so see what happens there. Uh, okay, now we'll just talk about my three teams really quick and then end the episode. Um, first off, uh, we'll just go with the Carolina. Uh, re-signing Daryl Williams, that was huge, huge, huge. Um, getting another center in uh, Paradis. Um, he played for Denver. Um you know, he's a really good offensive lineman, really good center. So um, not really any other big moves, but they don't have a lot of money. I know we lost Devin Funches. We lost Thomas Davis. Um, so, but DJ Moore, definitely number one wide receiver. I think he kind of emerged to that as the end of last year. You know, um, never really liked Devin Funches anyway, just because he went to Michigan. But, you know. So we'll just leave it at that for Carolina. See if they have any other moves up their sleeves. I know they don't have a lot of cap space. I'm pretty sure this off season. So um, the Rams losing Saffold and Lamarcus Joyner was huge. 
I think. Um, but my opinion, I still see them as the favorite in the NFC. Um, you know, really, I still see them as the favorite. Um, uh, getting back Dante Fowler, that was big. Uh, and signing Eric Weddle, that was huge too. So, you know, pretty sure it was just like a flip-flop for Joyner and Weddle um, in terms of position-wise losing Joyner, signing Weddle. Um, so, so, like I said, still see them as the cream of the crop in the NFC, as I see Kansas City in the um, AFC. So, um, early early prediction. Uh, not sure if I'll stick with it right now, but I'm pretty sure I will stay uh, stuck to it. Um, that, that I can't talk. I'm pretty sure that I will stick to it um, by the time I make my predictions, probably late August, uh with the podcast on the upcoming NFL season. Um, then we'll just go to the Lions. Um, getting Trey Flowers, um, Jesse James, and Danny Amendola. I think they're good moves for Detroit. Uh, Trey Flowers, I think, is definitely, like, they, the best player out of the bunch that they got. So, you know, replacing Ezekiel Anza on the defensive line. Um, Jesse James, I, James, I think, uh, is actually a big... Uh, Big, like, stories, a big piece for them. Danny Amendola, I don't know too much. I really wanted them to re-sign Golden Tate, um, and that's probably out the window now. Um, I know he wanted to come back here. He loved it in Detroit. Um, but So, you know, I think they're decent moves. I still don't know if I see the Lions winning the division, especially with Minnesota and Chicago. I still see them as 3-4, even with these moves. So... You know, maybe they can beat Green Bay, but Green Bay also still has Aaron Rodgers. So you never know with that. But but anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, see you guys next week with another episode of This Week in Sports. Uh, thank you. Bye.